WABC, the crown jewel of American radio. WABC is indeed the crown jewel of American radio, and I'm James Golden, here with you. If you'd like to be part of today's program, all you have to do is call 800-848-WABC is the number 800-848-9222. And we have a lot to talk about the author, brilliant author, Lee Smith, Lee Harold Smith, will be joining us. There are two Lee Smiths that are famous authors. One is fiction, the other is nonfiction. We will be speaking with nonfiction Lee Smith who wrote some an amazing book, The Plot Against the President, a nonfiction account of the uh, 2016 U.S. presidential elections and the roles played by the Russian government, the U.S. media, the government agencies, all this business of Russian collusion. But that's not why we're having him on. He also has a really interesting take about what's going on in Ukraine. And I wanted him to share that with you. There's a video you can watch on YouTube where he really gives a history lesson that is like unlike any other you've seen, and then he gives some really a poignant analysis on the situation in Ukraine. Ukraine, of course, today, there are uh, stories that some people are finding it very hard to believe. Russian sympathizers do not like this story. The Russian sympathizers don't believe that they're... The hospital was bombed, the maternity hospital, even though there are pictures of it, even though they took pictures of the inside after the Russians bombed it, a maternity hospital, and that now the Russians are openly, wantonly killing women and children. What's different about that? They've been doing it. The Daily Mail had a picture the other day of a family, a family that was wiped out, their bodies lying in the street. That's what the Russians have been doing. But we have plenty of Russian sympathizers. They like Vladimir Putin because Putin, you see, Putin, Putin, he's all for his own country. He, why, he's a stand-up guy. He stands up for the Ruskies. And so Putin is kind of a hero to a lot of people. Well, not to me. And the press that he is getting around the world today There was another story yesterday about how some of the generals in his army are saying in in closed circles as they can that this whole war invasion of Ukraine is a cluster F. And they're blaming Putin for it. Anyway, I do want to talk before Lee comes on the line with us. I want to talk about the Florida bill. In every headline in the mainstream press, whether it's The Hill, whether it's Politico, whether it's whatever it is, in the, in the headlines of all of them, Newsweek, I'm looking at so many different stories. It's always the don't say gay bill. Florida's don't say gay bill heads to DeSantis' desk. Florida approves controversial don't say gay law and political win for DeSantis. There isn't anything in this bill that says don't say gay. This is a media creation. The real title of the law is the parent's responsibility, the parental rights in education bill. That is the name of it, not don't say gay. The parental rights in education. And, of course, liberals are having a hissy fit. 
and supposedly DeSantis and Republicans are homophobes and anti-trans, and they're some some activist said that that they're trying to wipe gay people out and so forth, which is utter nonsense. What this what this what this bill says is that educators, teachers of kindergarten, kindergarten through third grade in Florida are not allowed to address gender identity or sexual orientation in the classroom. And that starts this, this summer. And also in Florida, all grade levels are prohibited from engaging in instruction that is not age-appropriate or developmentally appropriate for students. Now, there's nothing in that that says, don't say gay. Under this bill, parents are going to have greater authority to sue school districts believed to be violating the law, which requires school personnel to encourage young students to discuss certain LGBTQ plus matters with their parents or their guardians should those topics come up at school. Now, I want to be very clear about something. Your host is not anti-gay. Your host is not anti-trans. In fact, the older I get, the more I understand how people could not like their bodies. Trust me on that one. You know, there are days you look in the mirror and you remember what you used to look like or you see pictures of what you look like and you see pictures of what you look like now and it's the Rocky Horror Show now. But nonetheless, I also believe that there are certain people on earth that suffer immensely from dysmorphia and that's real. Okay, so I'm not, I don't want to be mean to anybody. I'm not trying to ridicule anybody because they are have a difference in terms of their sexuality than than the norm and there is such thing as a norm what is normal in society but should should let me let me put it like this if you remember at the beginning of this Where did all of this start? For those of you that don't remember the news stories, I do. This was maybe two decades ago, two and a half decades ago. All of a sudden, we started hearing about teachers that were coming out in school, and parents were saying, well, I don't want, you know, I don't want gay teachers for my kids. And that was perceived as blanketly. Blanketly bigoted. And parents express fears, well, if if you do have this, they're going to start trying to recruit kids or they're going to start trying to normalize their lifestyle, and we don't want that in the schools. This should, this should not be what students are all about. I will also, let's face facts, and some people aren't going to like hearing this, remember when the transgender and school and bathroom debates were happening. And parents said, this is going to cause 
young girls to be injured because you will have boys pretending or identifying as girls who take advantage of girls in situations in school. And what have we seen in the intervening years? We have seen now discussions of homosexuality, of transgenderism, of gay or whatever you want to call it. Now we have people saying, defending the idea that it's okay that these things be discussed in kindergarten, in kindergarten, in the first grade, in second grade, in third grade. That's what this law in Florida addresses. Now, I know it was a long time ago for me, and maybe it was a little while ago for you, but let's think about what you were doing in first grade. You weren't worried about sexuality. You weren't trying to identify yourself as a gender. You knew who you were. You were either a boy or a girl. You were a boy or a girl. It was simple. You weren't cis anything. You weren't buy anything. You weren't try anything. You weren't. It was simple. I'm a boy. She's a girl. And we have to learn how to read. See spot run. See Jane do whatever Jane does. You know, see spot poop or whatever it was. You know, and nobody's cleaning it up. So now parents are, and and by the way, let us also remember in what many people call the good old days, and boy, there are many people who take argument with that. But remember that most homes in America had one working head person. They called him the, the head of household. Imagine that. Silly. But they had one person that was working. The other person stayed home and pretty much took care of the kids and took care of her husband. Anyway. Um, And the kids. So if kids had a strange question, you know, Mommy, Mommy, I saw this thing in school. This guy, what is that? What is that? Well, the parents would do it. The teachers weren't going to do that. The teachers weren't going to get involved with discussing sexual matters with children, especially with young children. That was verboten. It's not going to happen. No one even thought about it. Now, today we have, there is a case out on the West Coast, and it is a case where there is a parent suing uh, teachers, and the teachers, by the way, have been suspended. They had this uh, pro-gay club, and the parents allege that the the teachers were grooming their daughter without their knowledge and discussing all these things without their knowledge. And by the way, it is not uncommon now that things are happening in school without the parents' knowledge. In fact, there are liberals that think that's quite all right. There was a story I referenced yesterday in Wisconsin where the teachers are trained that once the kids are in school, the parents don't count. It's it's the educators, and the parents have to earn the right to be informed about the sexual choices their children are making. Now, I know that there are a lot of people that have opposing views to this. 
and I welcome them. I would like to have a discussion about it. Again, I'm not interested in demonizing anybody. I'm not interested in hurting anybody's feelings. I don't want to do that. You know, and again, I, it, it, it's not about, look, parents have a right to decide how their kids are going to be educated. They have, they have rights. And some of this stuff shouldn't even be in this classroom, at least, at least until these kids are grown enough to understand it. Right now you have kids making choices on what gender they are, and they don't even understand the concept of gender fully. This stuff is being thrust on them. And what is the agenda to thrust this on children at such a young age? Why is it necessary? Why is it necessary that in kindergarten, in first and second grade, in third grade, instead of learning how to read, write, do arithmetic, get along with other kids, go to gym, learn how to play some sports, learn how to swim, Mm. Yeah, that'll do you well when you get to college, unless you're a girl, in certain schools. Um, and, and boy, Disney is, ugh, some of their employees are really ticked off. There are calls to boycott Disney because they donated to both Republicans and Democrats in Florida, and they didn't stand up and oppose this bill, and some of their own employees are having it. The granddaughter of Walt Disney, or the daughter, one of them, she says nothing, she tweeted out nothing about the don't say gay bill or or the, the CEO's memo is consistent with any of these values, many LGBTQ something, I-L or something. People and their allies work or look to Disney for an allyship. And they say he's more worried about the CEO, more, more worried about right-wing backlash than his own loyal fans and employees. Well, you know what we should be worried about the children? Not right-wing parents, not left-wing parents, not left-wing political hacks, not right-wing political hacks, not CEOs. How about focusing on the children? And most people that have young children are not going to start filling up their heads with ideas of genderism and sexuality while they're still too young to understand it. It's really that simple. Again, telephone number, 800-848-WABC, 848-9222. If you want to be part of today's program, can't wait to speak with Lee Smith. And, of course, to get to your calls. So don't dare go away. Entertaining and informative. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snerdly, is on the air. 77 WABC. W A B C Talk Radio New York. Talk about not stopping crying. I mean, all you have to do, and this is serious. I'm being serious. Is look at what's going on over in the Ukraine. I mean, this whole deal with the hospital. This is just unconscionable. And you know what, if Russia, let us see whether the world has, shall we say, onions at the end of this conflict, whenever that is, to hold Vladimir Putin accountable for his decisions, his action, 
and the horrific, horrific kill strikes that his army and his military has been making. The Children's Hospital is in the port city of Maripai, or Maripol, and the city is being described as completely destroyed from Russian airstrikes. And right now we do have the famed author, Lee Smith. Lee, of course, The Plot Against the President, bestseller. Lee, welcome. How are you? James, thank you so much for inviting me on today. I really appreciate it, and it's great to be with you and your great audience. Thank you so much. Lee, I saw a video that you did, uh-huh. and it's gotten widespread attention where you analyzed the situation in Ukraine. But first, you gave us all a history lesson in the Mideast. And one yeah. of the things that will always stand with me from that, you said mm-hmm. something, if your country is called, if people refer to it now as one of the countries that was one of the crossroads of civilization, yeah. that's not good. That means, yeah. that, that means that armies have been coming in and out of your country. I'm paraphrasing you, of course. Yeah, uh, no, yeah. Right. forever. And that's not a good thing. So we don't have a lot of time to go in a complete history lesson, but what can you tell us about this Ukraine conflict? And you had some really keen remarks about the way America and the, the relationship between America and Ukraine. Yeah. Um, well, if I can just start off with one of the things I, you know you were speaking about before you kindly brought me on, and that's about what Putin is up to right now in Ukraine. And so you mentioned something about the Middle East, and this is what we saw Putin's forces up to in Syria, right? He bombed hospitals. He bombs schools. Um, you know, th- this is it, 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 it's a, a, a vicious assault. So it's it's not surprising what we're seeing. And I, and I want to say something to your listeners. I think a lot of people probably don't understand. While the Biden administration appears to be taking a tough stand against Putin, they're not taking a tough stand against Putin at all. What they're doing, in fact, is they're they're negotiating with the Russians over Iran's nuclear weapons program, and they intend to provide uh, Iran with the bomb. So what we're seeing is a lot of fake, uh, a lot of fake hand waving, by the Biden and the Biden team pretending to be tough on Putin, and none of this is happening at all. And to answer your most direct question, th- this is actually a segue into the issue, because in fact the United States is one of the parties, the, na- the U.S. national security establishment is one of the parties that is responsible for the violence we're seeing unfold right now in Ukraine. Of course, the blame falls primarily on Vladimir Putin, but insofar as Ukraine has been a client state of America for several decades, what the United States has done with Ukraine, seeing Ukraine as an instrument to uh, try to beat up on Putin on the cheap, has put has helped put the Ukrainians in the middle of this conflict, um, in the middle of this conflict between Putin and what he says, uh, what he says is the steady encroachment of NATO. There are many other ways American policymakers, right and left, could have handled it. They chose not to. They chose to be reckless um, with a smaller country, with a client of the United States, and this is how we got to where we are today. Now, can you explain this? I've said for a long time, I think NATO is useless uh, as far as American interests are concerned. 
um, and and the the threat after World War II is primarily we went into NATO to defend and protect Europe. Europe is now totally capable of defending themselves. They yep. have enough in they have enough GDP that they could stand up a strong military in all of the European nations if they chose to. But yeah. let's talk about something else with NATO. Because mm-hmm. Ukraine was making noises about going to NATO. Everybody right. remembers the Cuban Missile Crisis. Mm-hmm. This was the idea that Russia, our foe, was going to have a base capable of delivering nuclear weapons to the United States 90 miles from our coast. Right. I am not an apologist for Russia, but it yeah. seems to me if we can accept that that was a great premise... Should we have had a different stance when Russia said, hey, wait a minute, these guys are on our border and we don't want them in NATO with weaponry so close to our nation? Was that a legitimate point that Russia was raising? Without, um, without uh, as you said, one does not have to be pro-Putin to understand the layout of the world and to look at borders. And to look at uh, people wanting to protect their borders from what they believe to be hostile forces. And I think that's something that U.S. policymakers, again, when I say that a lot of this must, a lot of the blame must fall on U.S. policymakers, you are getting precisely at what I'm talking about. There's something else that has to be said about NATO. When you said that, and I agree, that NATO has... um, it's possible NATO could have a new purpose, but the idea of defending against the Soviet Union um, or the idea of picking up former Soviet states to encircle Russia is not a great idea. But there's something else that NATO is, James, which, which, you, which you will understand better than anyone. We've all been looking at the deep state and what's going on in Washington and how all the money circulates. How what people tell us are different agencies and bureaucracies and programs and resources protecting the American people. There's something else going on here, too. And we're talking about it's, it's, it's jobs. It's an industry. It's about transfers of money. And that's the other thing NATO is. So when we rightly, when we, uh, when we uh, who are the pro-American part, of the United States electorate and the United States political system when we say, hey, these guys in NATO, they're not paying their fair share to be protected by primarily um, American taxpayers. There's another money flow going on here that has nothing to do with what NATO members are paying into defending Europe and defending NATO territory. There's another transfer of money that's circulating around and everyone's getting paid there. And this is what's going on with a lot of the U.S. policymakers who are talking about how important NATO is. We see right now how ineffective NATO is for its stated purpose. Purpose is to help keep the peace in Europe. What do we have now except the shooting war in Eastern Europe? So it's time to reevaluate NATO. It's time to let American troops protect America. And... Um, find other ways to partner with our European allies that do not come at the expense of you and me and our brothers and friends and fellow citizens here in the great United States. 
Lee, thank you so much for joining us. We're going to invite you back again. You are just, you I have. Thank yeah. You, and by the way, you know, your, your past, when we have time, I want to talk to you about your past because you <laughs> have had the most interesting career as a journalist. You have worked on all sides. You've worked for the what we call the, the mainstream liberal and you've worked for for the non the alternative media. What an interesting career. Thank you, James. I'd love to speak about that with you sometime, when, whenever you'd like. I'm at your disposal. Thanks so much. Thank you, Lee. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Stanley, with you here on WABC Talk Radio 77. We're coming back. We've got your calls lined up. We're going to start taking calls, and we've got some more news to go through, news stories of the day. So please, whatever you do, don't go away. Remember, Catch at Night comes on after this. Keep it right here. It's snowy. What do you have? Just, hey, just relax. Stay home, relax. Tonight is a good relaxed night. And keep it right here and relax with WABC. We'll be right back. Oh, knows politics and so much more. A true connection to real New York on 77 WABC. Well, guess what's 50 years old, folks? One of the most amazing movies in American culture. The Godfather is turned 50 years old. And there is a remarkable article today in the New York Times. Actually, they went all out. There's not just one article. There are three different Articles about The Godfather, but they have a, it prints out to 13 pages with Al Pacino. And you will, if you didn't know a lot about the inside story of Al Pacino and The Godfather and Paramount Pictures, it's all in there. And Pacino basically 81 years old now, which is amazing. And uh, there's also in, there's also quotes you'd like from Francis Ford Coppola, and I'm not going to give any of it away. I know the New York Times is behind the paywall, but most of the time, if you don't go there, they will let you read one article free. And if you're going to read one article in the New York Times, not their political crapola, but w- why not look at this one if you're a fan of The Godfather? And this article is just it's exceptional. It's exceptional, and it is hard to believe that The Godfather is 50 years old, and it was the defining role, of course, for Al Pacino. I don't think I've ever seen Al Pacino in anything else that I've enjoyed him in as much as um, The Godfather 1 and Godfather 2. They could have skipped over the third one. It's a waste of time. But at least the first two were quite amazing. Also today, our executive producer, Rich Radabelli tells me, and we, of course, know it. He has no reason to tell us anything wrong. Today is the 25th anniversary of the day that the music world lost Biggie. That would be Biggie Smalls. And um, there was a documentary I saw on Biggie, and it was interesting to a degree. It was interesting to a degree. Um, I've never really quite understood the Biggie phenomenon. 
But that's okay. I never understood the two-packs phenomena. I never understood most of the phenomena behind some of these, the ones that dominate the rap industry, like uh, uh, Snoop Dogg or whatever some of these. So I and maybe some of you do. I know my nephews and some of the younger, I mean, they all love Biggie. I, I don't know why, but they do. And, you know, his performance, I have to say, was entertaining. I saw some videos of his performance. Quite entertaining. But uh, really, all of that. But, yes, 25 years ago today, and that was one of those, from what I understand, and, again, I'm not the expert on rap history, but I understand that was one of those territorial disputes with the West Coast and the East Coast, and we don't like you, we don't like you, so let's shoot you. Today, that's all been replaced by let's drill you. Let's kill you and shoot you, and we call it now drill music, but it's the same thing all these years later. Let's kill each other, and this is what the a certain segment of our society considers to be art. Anyway, let us head toward the telephones, and where should we start? Let us start with Randy in the 6th borough of New York, the 6th borough being Palm Beach County, in West Palm Beach. Welcome, Randy, WABC Talk Radio 77. <laughs> Thank you, James. The sunny, warm sixth borough, I should say. It is snowing. <laughs> the sunny, warm. Randy, what's on oh. your mind? Well, this is security, Randy. We've met before. Nice to hear your voice. Thank I, want to give, I wanted to give you a, a quick trivia uh, uh, statement and then uh, share with you my thoughts on what you were speaking earlier, if you don't mind. The crying baby... In the first Godfather movie, uh, Sonny's son was crying, and his mother couldn't hear the telephone. And she was saying, I can't hear you. The baby's crying. That was a local uh, entertainer here, Philippe Harari, when he was a baby. He actually was that crying baby in the first Godfather movie. Well, I would have never known that. And is that the baby that grows up to be what's-his-face in the third awful Godfather movie? I, you know, that I don't even watch the third. I lost track of it uh, real early on. I wasn't too impressed like yourself with that Godfather 3. Yeah, okay. So. All right. So now, what did you call in to talk about non-Godfather? But can you believe it's 50 years old? And to me, it's still one of the best movies ever made. I think one of the best performances ever on the screen was Marlon Brando. I, I just, um, I, that gentleman was absolutely amazing. I, I can't say enough about his ability to act and how authentic being Italian uh, that that was so authentic for me I, I felt uh, la familia watching the whole thing it was great wow all right so what about uh, Joe Biden well I was calling you were speaking about the the, the the DeSantis bill in Florida where they are the distractors are calling it the the and I even hate to say it but the don't say gay bill which is totally not what this is and I wanted to get your opinion on a perspective that I have on this. I think that two, two things. Number one, Bo, I believe, and you asked, you asked the question, why are the LBGTQ people pushing so hard at such an early age to indoctrinate our children? And I think the answer to me appears to be obvious. They cannot reproduce their own. Male-on-male sex, female-on-female sex does not produce offspring. In order, to, in order for the community to continue its next generation, they have to recruit new, fresh, gullible, susceptible people. And they think that starting at such a young age 
where they can tell kids, an adult telling a child, hey, you can question your, are you, are you really a boy? If you don't feel like you're a boy or if you don't feel like you're a girl, that's okay. You can question that because maybe you're not a boy. Maybe you're not a girl. And children are taught to respect their teachers, respect their adults like you and I were raised. I believe it's, a, it's nothing but a recruitment process. They know they're going to lose kids, but everyone that they gain helps to build the next generation of their lifestyle. Okay, let me just take let, let me just push back on a few things you said because I was uncomfortable when I heard them. The idea that the only people being recruited are gullible and 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 all of that. There are people who are very clear about their sexuality and some of them by the way um do happen in school. I let me give you an example. An example from my own life. I can't I won't I won't mention his name, but there was a young man that went to um, grammar school with us. And when he was in the third grade, he stunned the entire class, I was in the class, by announcing to all of us that he was pregnant. And he played with girl dolls. He was what we would call today effeminate. Now, I didn't, we didn't have all of this knowledge about sexuality then. And by the way, this kid became one of my best friends. I didn't care about that stuff. He was a, he was a, he was a nice guy, a beautiful kid, right? Became one of my best friends. Um, but there are people that are not gullible. They're not they're not whatever. Like I do believe that there are people with very severe dysphoria. So I don't I don't try to knock them or put them in a different kind of category because of that. There there are people who are different. Now what you're saying about um, wanting to recruit. Well, you know, I've been reading Tammy Bruce today, her, her, um, her Twitter feed, and Tammy is such a dear friend, and Tammy is one of the people that is a member of that community but disapproves of some of the, um, some of the language that is being used to describe this bill as the don't say gay bill and all that stuff. She understands the intent, and she's also very concerned about what she calls child abuse. And I think that's where the focus really ought to be, on the children. I'll give you the last word, Randy. No, I, I, I thank you for clarifying. I've listened to Tammy speak uh, multiple times, and uh, I, I've heard her talk about the subject matter. My second thought, and I'll let you uh, speak to it after I hang up, is I think this is blasphemy against God's creation. Uh, I think that man thinking that they can actually engineer biology is, is, is sacrilegious, and I think it's blasphemous against God's sacred creation of biology and the differences, the distinct differences between man and woman. Thank you for the call. I will address it, and I'll address it like this. My own belief is that God is the, if you want to do an analogy, God is the ocean and we are the drops. And he made us all. And our thing in life, our goal in life is to one day be pure of heart enough to return back to the ocean. And I don't believe that God is a God of, uh, as some people say, of hate or, 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 or evil or mystery. No, the, the thing that we've always been told is love, love. And so... One of the things that that we are also asked to do is to not be so judgmental about people and their motives because we can't live inside of them. We can only live inside of ourselves. And even sometimes we don't know our own motives for doing things. 
And and I have certainly had to have some serious talks with myself over the years about things I've done and not even understanding why I've done them. So I think that we as a society, instead of trying to point fingers and saying this is what God wants, this is what God I'm just not there anymore. I, I think that God created all of us, and that even includes the evil people. And I, there are some things I don't understand that go on in this world because, frankly, I don't have the infinite knowledge that our Creator does. And I'll just leave it at that. James Golden, WABC Talk Radio 77, coming back. More of your calls right after this. Welcome to the golden age of radio. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, is on 77 WABC. (laughs) A very young Michael Jackson. Yeah, yeah. to talk about King of Pop, that was like King of Bubblegum Pop. Michael Jackson brings us back on WABC. Let us head back to the telephones and go to New Jersey and Tony. Uh, Tony, welcome. WABC Talk Radio 77. What's on your mind this afternoon? Hello. Hey, Tony. Hello. Hey, James. I love the show, love the station, Uh, loved Rush's show. I was uh, wanted to address when your guest was on before talking about the Russia-Ukraine uh, yes. conflict that's going on there. Before he had started, you had mentioned that uh, when it's all over, we need to hold Putin accountable. And uh, I'm just wondering why, you know, why do we have to wait till it's all over? He's clearly invaded a country. Now, I know your guest had said because they pose a threat, they're – if they team up with NATO and become a nuclear-capable uh, country. But Russia is already a nuclear-capable country. So for them to be threatened by the fact that their neighbor might become nuclear-capable doesn't really add up to me. Like, I don't see how that would justify invading them as well as, you know, displacing millions of people, killing innocent people, bombing, you know, hospitals and schools and and all this stuff, like what level and how many people need to be killed and and displaced before accountability is placed on this guy? Well, the accountability would require somebody to actually go in and grab him and put him before a court. And right now, none of the European powers are going to go in, and certainly the United States is not going to put boots on the ground there. So it won't be until after this thing is over, and if someone figures out a way, if they can get him, and and I think what a lot of people are hoping happens, Tony, is that the Russian people themselves become so disenchanted with with, uh, Putin that they help elevate him to an out-of-power dictator instead of a a current dictator, and let us see what happens. But uh, you make some excellent points, and I would just say this, uh, Ukraine already has a nuclear stand. I mean, look, Chernobyl, that is the home of Chernobyl. And there are warnings right now that Chernobyl is off the electrical grid. And if it stays off the electrical grid for too long, the, the, the rods, the rods in there will not be cooled. And we could be looking at another horrific uh, circumstance involving Chernobyl nuclear 
plant. It's just almost unthinkable that this would happen again. Let's go to the Jersey Shore. John, I believe the name is. And John, welcome. WABC Talk Radio 77. How are you? Well, I'm going to refer to you not as James, but as the Melvin Franklin of WABC Radio. Ooh, Melvin Franklin. Whoa, from the, the bass singer. Aaron Strait, the greatest bass singer in uh, pop music. You, you know, um, I, I, I appreciate all the stuff about Ukraine, but that, that train already left the station. Um, it should have been handled diplomatically years ago, starting with the Baltic states becoming admitted to NATO in 2004, when Putin was like a, he was a baby. He had taken, he was appointed by Boris Yeltsin, and he was uh, still a bambino, kind of a uh, uh, leader of a country. But we had a lot of time to deal with this, and I particularly blame Joe Biden for um, uh, allowing this whole thing to happen, because it didn't need to be. Uh, All the all NATO had to do was uh, withdraw their application to NATO without prejudice. Uh, James, <clears throat> we know what Putin is now. He's like uh, he's like a Hitler, Stalin, Mussolini of the 21st century. A wannabe, right? I right. Mean, that's what he is. Now, but uh, in any event, I really enjoy your show. But when you were talking about the Godfather, I actually had dinner with John Gotti many years ago in the uh, mid-'80s when he was the Teflon Don um, uh, with uh, actually Tommy Lasorda was with us, and um, it was a very interesting experience. I, uh, well, in any event, that's for another time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to ask too many questions. I was just going to let you volunteer as much information as you care to. But if you want to do it on another day and come back with more of that story, I think a lot of us would be interested in hearing it. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Jason, again, well, this is not the sixth borough, but this is in Tampa, Florida. Welcome, Jason. WABC Talk Radio 77. How you doing, Bo? Thanks for having me on. You're welcome. What's on your mind? Right. I kind of agree with what Randy was saying, from also from the sixth borough. Mm-hmm. You know, the bill. I just mm-hmm. think that, like, it's Show that we should even have to come on to such a bill. Like, shouldn't it be simple that we shouldn't try to like influence them specifically the kids? Well, that's and the bill is fairly simple, Jason. You raise a great point. I mean, the bill does not say what the detractors and the critics say it does. It said, listen, it, if you want to put it in plain language, the bill says, don't talk about sexuality in school. Let the parents do it. The kids are too young. Leave them alone. Teach them what you're supposed to teach them. Teach them how to read. Teach them math. Teach them how to get along with each other. Teach gym stuff. Leave all this gender stuff out of the classroom. And that's what's got a uh, the liberals so upset. But you're absolutely right. It is a simple premise, a very simple premise. Do appreciate your call very much. Chris in New York, welcome. WABC Talk Radio 77. Hey, James. How are you? I love your show, man. Thank you. Uh, all right, so... You mentioned your third grade uh, friend there. That uh, yeah. yeah, I guess he was a little effeminate or whatever, and he, he said he was pregnant. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and seemed to imply that that gave him credibility. Now I remember when I was a little kid, probably around third grade, I'd stick my stomach out and say, "Yeah, look, I'm pregnant." <laughs> I don't, it's almost like it's almost <laughs> like he gave him credibility for being gay just because he said he was pregnant. I, well, I, there's a lot more to it than that. Remember, he's my he was my friend, and I don't want to go into revealing. Look, he ended up being, look, but he's not the only gay friend that I had. 
When we were in high school, we had another guy, and a lot of these guys were shunned. And I think that's why I became friends with them, because I was considered like one of the lames, and I wasn't like Mr. Popular. I was a lame, too. So I And I liked these guys. They were nice guys, and they never, you know, tried to hit on me. In fact, oh, I could go into stories. But look, um, he was serious. <laughs> you stuck it was serious. And I think that was the first clue to something that, you know, he thinks a little bit differently than the rest of us do. Most of us weren't even thinking about sexuality and being pregnant in the third grade. Come on, we were we were still in the woman haters club or whatever that was. The other stupidness that we saw in the three stooges or something. Okay. <laughs> Appreciate the call. A uh, joke from Brookhaven. Welcome WABC Talk Radio seventy seven. Hi, James. Thank you very much. Listen, I, I can only give my honest take. I think this I got ten children. I don't want the teachers talking about this and my wife mainly doesn't want them talking to my children about uh, the birds and the bees. That should be discussed at like 12 years old, 10 years old. That's normal. Uh, you know, the mothers sacrifice so much to carry their child, and, and the parents sacrifice so much. I think this is more of the critical race theory, the communism 101. The state owns the kid. They become the gods. I'm sick of this. I watched this back from the Teletubbies come in. That was the first hospital gay character back in the 90s when everybody, there was a big uproar about that. And now you have, I, I personally think homosexuality is abnormal. I have many homosexual friends. There's 92% of the country is straight. But if you watch the media, you would think it was the other way around, that everybody was gay and homosexual. It's being dominated in the, in the media by, by them. I grew up. Yeah, uh, and I hope I could say this. You had a penis, vagina, and breast. Well, okay. You can say it because you did say it. And I hope that you still have yours. And I know I still have mine. Thank you for the call. Appreciate that very much. Uh, let us go to Susan. You've got about a minute, Susan. What's up? What's up? Oh, gosh. Well, oy vey. The... Uh, now that uh, we stopped buying this uh, oil, uh, maybe it was already paid for, who knows, from, from Russia, but it didn't hurt them because we didn't d in take on our own oil production, either through fracking or buying from Alaska, uh, Canada, outside of OPEC. So now the American people are, are, are suffering because of the price of gasoline. Okay, we were importing 3% of our oil from uh from Russia 3%. Right now we are making a deal. Apparently Venezuela is hot and bothered. They want to get back in good graces the little socialist regime down there and they used to account for 8% of our oil. So the Venezuelans are saying, "Hey, hey, 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 look at us. We've got oil. We've got oil." So a deal is going to be made somewhere there and they released Americans some of whom they've been holding for 4 years. So the world is moving. Look, the reason oil prices are high right now is because Joe Biden, day one, went on this anti-energy tear. We turned from an exporter of energy to an importer in a short period of time. Thank you, Joe Biden. Not the Russians, Joe Biden. We are Pennsylvania. We are Connecticut. We are New Jersey. We are New York. We are the greatest city in the world. 
And we live in the greatest nation that humanity has ever witnessed, the United States of America. May God and every one of you and protect your families. And may God look with special favor on those suffering, especially who've lost children in the Ukraine. We'll be back tomorrow. Remember, Cats at Night is next. Keep it right here on WABC. See you tomorrow. Bye. WABC Radio is proud to celebrate 100 years. From October 1st, 1921, to music radio, to talk radio's crown jewel, worldwide and beyond. WABC. And WLIRFM Hampton Bays. From around the world to around the block, this is a WABC 77 Second News Update. 32 degrees, snow and sleet at 5 o'clock. Good afternoon, I'm Bob Brown. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.